on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. And a swing and a line drive, hit to left. Taylor's right there. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. 7-3. The Brewers have taken the first two games of the series against the Pirates. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. What a day for the Brewers. They pick up another win. They defeat Pittsburgh by a 7-3 score. And oh yeah, by the way, they make a pretty solid trade as they go out and acquire Eduardo Escobar as they bring in an all-star and a guy who can certainly hit home runs to add him to the lineup. All in all, pretty darn good day for the Brewers. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620 or you could tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Augie, this is one of those days where it feels like the actual game takes a back seat to the news of the day because clearly the acquisition of Eduardo Escobar uh, adds a ton of depth and adds some power to this Brewers lineup. You know, this, you're talking about this ball club, and what you want to do is have a club that's versatile and have guys who can come and do a lot of different things for you. You talk about a guy who can come and do exactly that, Eduardo Escobar. Here's a kid, a guy who's 23 years old. He's a utility guy. He can play anywhere in the infield. He's played some outfield. He's a switch, hit, switch hitter. He hits from both sides, has power. He's got 22 home runs and 65 RBI so far this year and really was a big part of this uh, uh, Arizona Diamondback offense, the offense that they did have. So you're talking about a, a, a veteran player that became an all-star for the first time this year and is really doing a very good job on the field, producing for his ball club. And I'll tell you what, he's going to be welcomed here in Milwaukee. Yeah, he absolutely will. We're going to do a lot. We're going to hear from David Stearns in about 15 minutes. We're going to hear from Craig Council uh, about 10.05 or so. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. A lot to get to. A very busy edition of this program. Again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the uh, trade. If you want to comment on uh, what you think the Brewers are going to look like moving forward with Eduardo Escobar, uh, you can give us a call or you can text the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 or you can tweet at me at at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. 1-1 pitch. And here's a line drive into right center field. That's going to plug the Your gap and roll all the way recorded. to the wall for Lorenzo Kane. One run is in. Garcia's around third. He's going to score. It's a two-run double for Lorenzo Kane. And the Brewers lead it three to nothing. Another good day for Lorenzo Cain. He gets that uh, base hit, drives in a couple. You kind of held your breath when he got hit in the ribs with that pitch, man. That thing looked like it hurt. Uh, but good to see Cain continue to be right in the middle of what the Brewers are doing offensively. They score seven runs on 12 hits today. They beat the Pirates 7-3 in many ways. The result of the game is overshadowed by the fact that they make a trade as they acquire Eduardo Escobar. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Here as well, if you want to join us, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet into the program, at Matt Pauley on air. Doug texting in says, I love, love, love this trade. Uh, now I know the Brewers are serious. This team could come close to winning 100 games now. The lineup has become pretty impressive now. Uh, 
Augie, you look at the numbers from Escobar. His batting average is okay, 246. Uh, but you look at the power numbers, 22 home runs, 14 doubles, 3 tip, uh, triples, uh, has 65 RBIs, 778 OPS. He is somebody who can come in. I would suspect he's going to get most of his playing time at third base, but you can expect to see him at first base sometimes, especially against uh, left-handed starters. Uh, You also would uh, maybe see him in the outfield. He can play at second base if you need him to. And the other thing, Augie, this does is it really protects the Brewers as well. We know the number of injuries this year in Major League Baseball. If they get more injuries, you've got a very versatile player and Escobar, who you can plug in in a bunch of different spots. I think you said the perfect word there, and that's protection. Protection for what you do have. And he is a very uh, talented young man. He can play like you just said. He can play first base, second, even a little bit of short and third. He's played a little bit of left field for for the Diamondbacks. He's a guy who can come in, and he's that being that switch hitter. He allows you to do a lot of different things. And I look at this. I look at this trade, and it really does. Two things for you in two good ways. On the defensive side, it allows you to keep the versatility that Craig Council likes on it with his ball club. On the offensive side, it allows you that flexibility that you know you have a guy in your lineup that is a switch hitter, and he can hit from both sides of the plate, and he has power from both sides of the plate. And he's been very productive, especially late in ball games over the past year. So you're getting a guy who just fits in real well with this ball club. They say he's excellent in the clubhouse. He's a good team player, and that's the type of ball club that this has. That's the way the, this, that Craig Council wants this ball club. That's the, that the culture in this ball club. But when you bring in a guy who's an all-star, that goes up, performs the way he does, gives you that versatility, it can only make your team better. You look at his splits against left-handed pitching, a 275 hitter, seven home runs and 91 at-bats against right-handers. He's a 237 hitter, so the batting average isn't there uh, compared to against lefties, but the power still is as he has hit 15 home runs in 279 at-bats. So doesn't homer, homer quite as often per at-bat against righties, uh, but still, the, the the power numbers are there, and that's something that Craig Council talked about a little bit uh, in his post-game press conference yesterday when he was talking specifically about Rowdy Telez, uh, just the fact that the Brewers need to have guys who hit home runs, and now you're bringing in somebody who does just that. Let's grab a phone call. Michael is in Milwaukee. Hey, Michael, you're on WTMJ. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. You guys were touching on it with the Escobar trade, uh, with him coming in. You know, and you guys really kind of already answered it that you think that, you know, it's, he's, it's a classic turn deal where I think he got great value getting an all-star for minor league players. Uh, and then it's a classic council player where he's going to be versatile, versatile uh, and be able to play multiple positions. But I guess I just wanted to get your thoughts on where you think at least initially this guy is going to play. I suppose going down the stretch, it'll probably really depend on Arias, uh, Telez, Vogelbach, and Shaw, kind of how they play to see how this whole third base, first base uh, situation shakes out as we head into the playoffs, uh, hopefully. Um, and I guess I just wanted to get your thoughts at least where you think he's initially going to play and kind of if that's how you see it shaking out, if, uh, thinking that we don't make any other moves um, in, in, in the field at least. Um, you know, if, if, do you think that's how it's going to play out, kind of see how these guys do down the stretch to see, you know, kind of how this thing is going to look, hopefully uh, going into the playoffs? I'll uh, hang up Yeah, Michael. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. I think 
Yeah, it's going to be different against lefties and righties. They're already talking about him being able to play a little bit of first base against left-hand starters. So hopefully the Brewers are not as good against left-handed starters as they are against right-hand starters. So this makes that lineup versus lefties a little bit better. But Augie, I more than anything else, I see him playing a lot of third base. And I think what that does is it pushes Luis Urias back into that utility role where he can play third, he can play short on on the rare days Adamas has off, he can play second on the rare days that Colton Wong has off, he can come in on double switches. It just, I think it puts Luis Urias into a more utility role more than anything else. And I think that's what they wanted with Luis. Uh, I think that when when this all started before, before, before there were some injuries and with Travis Shaw and that, I think they really believe that Urias could move around the infield. And I think when you look at what goes on in the month of August, we talk so much about this starting rotation, what they're doing with the six-man rotation, the piggyback starters, what he, what the what the Brewers are trying to do there with Chris Hook and, and Craig Council, really thinking way ahead of what they want to accomplish. It also goes that in the field. It's the outfielders. They have four or five outfielders when everybody's healthy. But in that infield, Field. Having that versatility that you can have in that infield is going to play big, important. And Lewis Urias, the way he's playing right now, he can give Colton Wong a, a, a day or two off a week. He can go to short. Adamas has not taken off a lot of days. Chase Peterson played there a couple of times, but you got he's a guy who can step in at short, play some good solid short for you. And then you also what you look at if you got Escobar at third. Uris can go over there, and Escobar can be over at first. You got a lot of versatility along what you got with Rowdy Tellis that's coming and doing a great job in that infield. That's what you want to have because you want to keep everybody as fresh as you can as you go through August and into September because this September schedule is so very tough. Brewers get the 7-3 win over the Pirates, and they acquire Eduardo Escobar. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. In St. Louis, five no-hit innings. This one, a line drive in the center field, a base hit. Wong's going to come in and score, and the Brewers do indeed take a one nothing lead here in the first. 7-3, Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh as they've taken the first two games of the series. Nice performance from Adrian Hauser. Five innings gives up just a, a couple hits. The uh, 12 hits for Brewers hitters today, and it goes uh, across the board. All of the starting position players had at least one hit. Aviseo Garcia led the way with three hits, while Omar Narvaez and Tyrone Taylor each had uh, two hits in the game. The only thing that went a little bit haywire was Josh Hader pitching for the first time in almost two weeks. He gives up uh, a home run. He gives up a, a couple runs. Mike in Colorado uh, texting into the program and says, do you think the extended time off the mound while resting Hater's arm might have resulted in some rust? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm i never one to doubt Josh Hader, but I was kind of expecting that sort of performance, and I am really, really glad that the Brewers were able to get him back into game action in a game that was pretty much figured out because he had been off so long putting him back in in a, in a one-run lead or a two-run lead you would have been asking for trouble so i don't know about you augie but i for me it's um you know he pitches in this game after the long extended absence and hopefully that kind of locks his arm back in where he'll be good to go moving forward I really, I agree with you. I, I think when you, when you look at the way Josh pitched tonight, didn't really have the, the great command of the fastball, and that was expected. 
but and I was more interested how he was going to throw his off-speed stuff. Was he going to have that good slider? And he did throw some excellent sliders. He had a strikeout of the catcher Stallings, threw a couple nice pitches down, but he also got it up a little bit. And one of the things when we talk about Josh Hader, this, his strengths are being what? Able to keep that good fastball down and on the corners, in and out, throwing that slider down, and then elevating the fastball. That's his success. He's got to stay out of the middle of plate. And I think when he doesn't get in the ball game, sometimes he gets there and he just loses that, that, that good control that he usually has. And he sometimes makes mistakes in the middle of plate. And if you look at the home run was in the middle of plate, you look at Nagowski getting the base hit, middle of plate. Those are the areas where he really needs to, to really feel comfortable and staying out of those areas. So I thought, the rust today was a little bit about not pitching, but I was really happy to see that he still had that good breaking ball when he needed it down in the zone and strike solid zone. The general book on Hader is he's going to lead the way with the fastball. The slider is there. It gets good, solid usage. It's a, it's, a, it's a strikeout kind of pitch. And then he picks and chooses his spot for the changeup. Well, today he throws eight fastballs, six sliders, and five changeups. So he throws... Uh, about a quarter of his pitches were change-ups. That's a little bit more than normal. Augie, to me, what that says is as much as anything, he was out there working on his pitches. That's a definite. That's exactly what he was doing, and he was working on trying to get that change-up to good locations, and he didn't quite have it today. If when you look at your pitches, usually your fastball is a pitch that you should be able to dominate an area with, and nine, a lot of times that he can do that. The changeup is probably some of the toughest ones, toughest pitches to throw to really dominate zones. Uh, a lot of times when you have a changeup, it is usually starts as a strike and goes into a ball with movement. And I think that's where Josh was tonight. He just wanted to get good feel with all his pitches. Yes, he was going to make mistakes, and he did make some mistakes, but at, at least he was able to go out there, use his fastball, use, the cha- use his slider, and also use that changeup. Because when he needs it, he's got to have that changeup. has been a big part of the way he's been pitching tonight, this year, and that, and that slider has been just a very important part. Locating those pitches are so important, and he got to do that tonight. David Stearns addressed the addition of Eduardo Escobar. We'll hear the comments of the Brewers' president of baseball operations. That's next here on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 7-3. Brewers get the win over Pittsburgh also as the trade deadline is coming up. Here in just uh, two days, Friday afternoon is when the trade deadline is taking place this year. Well, the Brewers make their first big trade deadline deal in the acquisition of all-star Eduardo Escobar. Brewers president of baseball operations, David Stearns, just a little while ago, spoke with the media on Zoom, and uh, he explained uh, his motivation for going out and acquiring Escobar. I think we're, we're talking about a very accomplished switch hitter, um, He's got tremendous positional versatility, um, can play all over the field, infield and outfield. It gives us a lot of, um, a lot of options. And, and um, you know, one of the things that we are trying to accomplish prior to the 30th is preparing ourselves for the unknown of what could happen over the next two months. And we don't have the luxury anymore of, of plugging holes in August. And so redundancy everywhere is really important, especially for a team that has aspirations of making the playoffs and 
and um, hopefully going deep into the playoffs. And so we, we've added a player that gives us a very high level of redundancy uh, around the diamond. And I'm not sure there's another player um, available who, who can really give us that level um, of support at, at every position. David, this is uh, obviously in conjunction with counsel and the coaches, but where do you see him getting the most at-bats? So I, I think he's going to play a variety of different positions. Um, you know, we, we see him uh, having some first base, um, particularly against left-handed pitching. That That's not a position he's played before, um, but it's something we believe he, he can do. And um, in my conversation with him earlier this evening, he's certainly up for it. Um, and then I, I can also see um, some at-bats um, at various other positions um, around the field when other guys need days off, when guys are banged up. Um, I, I think there, these, these types of playing time questions tend to work themselves out. Um, I anticipate that will happen here uh, as well. We've got a number of infielders who are playing really well. Um, and, and we're happy to be able to add Eduardo to that group. What do you see in him that makes you think he could be an effective first baseman if he's put in there at times? This is, this is a guy who, who has spent a portion of his career playing shortstop. Um, he's played third base regularly. He's played second base. Uh, generally, when you're taking a, a player, uh, particularly one who, who has played successfully at multiple infield positions, the transition to first, while, while different, um, and new and, and may take a little bit of an adjustment, we believe he's going to be able to do it successfully um, when we ask him to do it. David, he, even though he's uh, looks like he's doing a little better um, from one side of the plate against the lefties this year, he, he does very well from both sides, and, and that must be a huge thing for you because you could give any player a day off and let him plug in for him, can't you? Yeah, the, the switch hitting is important, and it's important to get him getting him into the lineup on the right matchups. It's also important on days when he's not in the lineup uh, to start the game. This is this is on days when he is not in the lineup. This is a weapon off the bench um, against any handed pitcher. Um, and the fact that he can play any position more or less on the field gives Craig a ton of options from a double switch perspective, um, from an in-game management perspective. And, and so he, he's going to provide us um, uh, significant um, value and and he's going to help our team in a variety of ways um, through his the various ways that he can impact the game and the various positions he can play. David, will he join you in Atlanta or can you get him here tomorrow? Like <clears throat> likely in Atlanta, they were on the road when we traded for him. Um, didn't sound like he had much with him, so he, he's probably going to head home first, pick up some stuff, and then he'll meet the team in Atlanta. David, just how important is the um, the power aspect of Escobar? And Craig was talking about how that's been an area where there's been a little bit of a deficiency until lately. Well, I, I think I think you know hitting home runs is important. It's it's the most impactful way to score runs. This is a guy who who's done that in bunches um, this year, and, and he's a good hitter. And, and he's a he's a good hitter from both sides of the plate. Um, he's done some real damage against left-handed pitching this year. That's an area where. Um, at times, we haven't been as proficient, and so adding adding Escobar to that mix uh, certainly helps. Eduardo Escobar bringing 132 career home runs into 
his time with the Brewers. That will begin probably on Friday in Atlanta. The Diamondbacks on the road, so he'll get back to Arizona, pick up a few things, and then uh, we'll join the team at that point. And uh, we'll see what the there's. The Brewers are going to have a roster crunch at some point, but you know I always say it. Things always seem to work themselves out, and I would expect that to once again be the case here. We've got the news in two minutes, and then we're back with the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 7-3, Brewers get the win over the Pirates. They take the series. They'll be looking for a series sweep coming up tomorrow evening. Brewers Extra Innings rolling on. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well at Matt Pauly on air. This is one of those shows where it's kind of combined talking about the game, but also a big acquisition. In many ways, it reminds me of the uh, the Mike Mustakis night. If you remember that, I remember uh, Mustakis was acquired right in the middle of a game, and when we did uh, Brewers Extra Innings, it was uh, very much a combination of talking about the game that night and talking about the acquisition of Mike Mustakis. Now the Brewers bring in Another guy who can play those positions, can play third, can play second in Eduardo Escobar. As far as the actual game, Adrian Hauser pitched quite well. Five innings, two hits, two strikeouts, one walk. Drops his ERA to 3.69. Manager Craig Council meeting with the media uh, just a little while ago, and he opened up his postgame comments talking about the performance of Hauser. Yeah, Adrian was sharp tonight. Um, I mean, just in control of, of, of the game, really, from from kind of the outset and crisp uh you know he's we've wanted to we backed off adrian last time um wanted to go a little shorter this time and and i thought he i mean there he had 97 tonight so it was it definitely um saw the crispness to his to his game craig the way the lineup has performed uh, in in the second half and now you add up an established bat like eduardo escobar um just how differently do you feel about what you're putting on the field offensively compared to some of the early days of the season when it was struggling? Yeah, I mean, you know, part of the early days of the season were, were just injuries. We had we had significant number of injuries in the month of April, towards the end of April and early May. So that was certainly part of it. But, um, you know, what what uh, this, this allows us to do, I think, is just we, we have – answers for a lot of um pitchers we have answers for injuries we have answers for um just guys that are struggling we have answers for challenges and, and so we you feel like there's a lot of places that we can go and and put out a tough lineup every single night um and ultimately that's what you want to do you want to put a tough lineup out there every single night and um you know i, I think the acquisition of escobar lets us do that Craig, David kind of described it as having redundancies all over the field. Um, is that how you see it in terms of how you could put that lineup together, you know, each day? Yeah, well, I, I think the, the playoff teams and good teams and tough teams and good offensive teams have tough choices in their lineups every night. Um, and they have guys on the bench that you feel like, man, that guy should be in there. That, guy's, that guy is, is a tough, um, tough out. And so that that's what you want. And, and I think when, when we looked at, um, you know, a team with Eduardo Escobar on it, that, that's what we started to see is um, this is going to be 
no matter what's kind of going on, we're going to be putting a tough lineup for the other team out there. Um, and so it gives us a lot of choices um, to to do that and how we do it. And his versatility will allow us to do that. Um, you know, and, and we have a couple couple guys that are very versatile, and we feel like we'll use that to our advantage. Um, we have depth. Uh, we have injury protection, and those are all important things. As you know, as you get to a place where there's a deadline and it's you can't acquire any more players. Greg, um, David said that you guys are even thinking of playing Escobar some at first base, even though he's never played there. Would that involve giving him a lot of work over there first, or is he just such a good athlete? Just a little bit of work would do it. Yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to think about that, but I I, I think. You know, first base against left-handed pitching is is something we've thought about for sure. Um, that that's one of the things that, that Eduardo's been really good at throughout his career is how he hits left-handed pitching. Um, it, it's something that we we thought was a need for us is putting another good, good bat in there against left-handed pitching. So, yeah, it, it's how we how we attack it, whether it's right away or you know, un, ultimately. Like we have, he's just got to play there, and and if he plays there, I think he'll he'll get comfortable there. This is a guy who has played shortstop in the major leagues, so it's a good infielder. It's just a matter of all the first base is a different position. It's a very different position, um, and things happen there that don't happen at the other infield positions. And getting used to it is going to take time. So. Um, at some point, he's going to play there, absolutely, and we're just going to have to let him experience it and, and learn kind of on the fly. And, and to me, learn as much as you can as we go. Um, there, there's not going to be the, the, the practice part of it can happen, but he's going to learn the most in the games. Greg, back to tonight's game for a second. Um, you talk all the time about keeping pressure on pitchers. Your offense did it from the very start and did it in several innings tonight. And then you kept, you, I know you like uh, to say keep the line moving. You guys kept the line moving tonight. Yeah, one of the things we've been good at in this park, I just it, we've scored early, a um, bunch of first inning runs, and we did it again tonight. Um, the, the first inning run, um, you know, we. First two guys on and hit a ball hard and, and unfortunately a double play, but um, got a big two out hit from Avi to, to get on the board. Um, then the next scoring opportunity got a, you know, same thing, hits the balls hard and got a big two out hit from, from Lorenzo. So um, when we got opportunities, you know, they were there, the pressure opportunities, like you said, um, and, and made the most of them with, with guys just really coming up with some big hits. It was kind of big for Lauer to get out of that bases loaded jam too. They had their chance right there to get back in the game, and he didn't let them do it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you know, like it was six nothing at that point, or maybe it was five, yeah, six nothing. So the game was we, we were safe with the game, but I think to get him three innings was was something we wanted. You know, to at least two innings was important, and I think you know if it's something. If uh, that guy gets on, we probably got to get action in the bullpen, um, and then the the, the 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 bullpen part of the game probably changes. But him delivering three innings was nice.
There's Magic Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. Brewers get the win in Pittsburgh by a 7-3 score. Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line available, 855-616-1620. Doug and Baraboo has given us a call. Hey, Doug, you're on WTMJ. Oh, good evening, Matt. Boy, this uh, um, trade bringing in Escobar, I, th- I think it's excellent. Uh, and what Council said is just is, is so good and um, I wanted to, I'm going to get to a comment, uh, about Heater, but, uh, after listening to everything, I'm, you know, I, I think we can't forget about Urias, though. I mean, at third base, uh, I like the chemistry with Urias, Adamas, and Wong in there now. And don't forget, he's got, he recently got 13 home runs. He's going to, he's going to be close to, to 20 as it goes. So, and, and again, I like, I love the trade. I, it's good to have that, that's, Guy, but what? And then he's talking. Council's talking about putting him at first base, and I guess he hasn't played there much at, or at all. And now we've got a. Now we have a first baseman with Rowdy. He's batting what three forty four since he joined the Brewers with with three home runs. So I wonder are they just uh, they going to set him on the bench? I mean, the whole thing to me is going to be is going to be interesting to see how it it all uh, works out. But. Um, you mentioned uh, Hader coming in and pitching and working on his pitches, and uh, I caught something on other announcers saying kind of something similar. Is, is that normal? I know Augie's gone now, but is that similar, or is that uh, normal to have uh, a, a big-time pitcher like Hader come in and, and work on pitches? Uh, I, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he came in with a one, you know, with a point one four seven. ERA yeah. and giving up a home run in that. Doug, I think it's more like, connected I mean, to the fact like that he hadn't no pitched situation. in the last. Doug, I think it's more connected to the fact that he hadn't pitched in a week and a half. You know, you to me the point of this outing today for Hader was to try to dust off the rust, and you do that by throwing all of your pitches at game action, something that he hasn't done in a while. So the fact that he threw his three pitches, all you know, I think with eight fastballs, six sliders, and five changeups, so he was really that's a very different mix than he would normally go with on a normal day. So it's just it, it's simply. Um, you know, if this was a safe situation, if he would be pitching regularly, no, he's not going in there working on his pitches. But I think because he had such the layoff, it was an opportunity for him to go do that. Okay. And let's not forget about Urias. He's done an excellent job third. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? Craig Council, I think, said this, that you, you want to have starting caliber players on your bench. And... That's that's what you'll get. But at the same time, uh, in the month of July, Luis Urias hasn't hit. He has not hit since the calendar turned to July. He's a two hundred five hitter in July. Uh, his overall numbers: two thirty eight, uh, thirteen home runs, forty seven RBIs, a seven fifty four OPS. But he has really struggled in the month of July. He's a two hundred five hitter in the month of July. So I I agree, Doug, with everything you said about Urias and what he's done for this team. But if we're take, talking about what you've done for me lately, he hasn't done. He has let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. He has two hits in his last seven games. Um, so he has uh, he has struggled during that period. That goes back to the uh, to the Kansas City series. Uh, again, I'm not trying to trash the guy, but I mean the numbers are what the numbers are. He's a two hundred five hitter in the month of July. When we come back, we'll go through uh, the highlights from this one. Brewers get the W against the Pirates 7-3. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. 
time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 7-3, Brewers get the win over the Pirates. Starting pitching matchup, Adrian Hauser going for the crew. Max Cranick getting called up from AAA to make the start for the Pirates. Once again, the Brewers would start early. First pitch of the game to Colton Wong. Fourth big league start for the right-hander. First pitch swinging and a rocket up the middle of base hit for Colton Wong. Brewers pick up where they left off from yesterday. A 9-0 drubbing of the Pirates. How about the second pitch of the game to Willie Adamas? Adamas waits, the pitch home, swing and ground ball through the right side of base head. Two pitches, two singles for the Brewers, Wong and Adamas. Yeah, on that pace, uh, the Brewers were not going to get put out. Ovar Nevarez does uh, line in to an unassisted uh, double play, but the Brewers still get on the board thanks to a Viseo Garcia. In St. Louis, five no-hit innings. This one, a line drive into center field, a base hit. Wong's going to come in and score, and the Brewers do indeed take a one nothing lead here in the first. Adrian Hauser would give up a couple base runners in the bottom of the first, but no runs would score. It would stay one nothing until the fourth. That's when the Brewers would get going again, leading off the inning catcher, Omar Narvaez. 2-2 pitch from Kranich. And Narvaez, a ground ball, hugging the line. It's going to get down into the right field corner. Big turn for Omar. He's going to dig for two, and he's going to be in there sliding with a leadoff double here in the fourth. Aviseo Garcia then got a very, very hard hit base hit to left field. So hard hit that Narvaez had to stay at third. After a couple outs were recorded, Lorenzo Kane comes through. 1-1 pitch. And here's a line drive into right center field. That's going to plug the gap and roll all the way to the wall for Lorenzo Kane. One run is in. Garcia's around third. He's going to score. It's a two-run double for Lorenzo Kane. And the Brewers lead it 3 to nothing. All the while, Adrian Hauser just kept on doing his thing. The Brewers would start rolling again at the plate in the top of the sixth inning. The inning gets going with Rowdy Telez getting a base hit. If you notice, in all these innings where the Brewers are scoring runs, it all starts with the leadoff hitter getting aboard. Tyrone Taylor then gets a base hit, so runners on at first and second. Lorenzo Kane is then hit by a pitch, and it got him right in the ribs. That's about as upset as I have ever seen Kane, and he was in a fair amount of pain. You would think there's a pretty good chance he'll get tomorrow off. That's going to be, that's going to be bruised. You would think that, uh, other than being, you know, hit in the face, there's not much more of a painful spot to get hit than where uh, Kane got hit. So that loads the bases for Luis Urias. Swing line drive down the left field line. That's a fair ball. Might score them all. One run is in. Two runs are in. Kane will be held. It's a two-run double for Luis Urias. And the Brewers are up 5-0. At that point, a pitching change as Max Krennic's day is over. Chasen Shreve comes on to pitch. He faces Jackie Bradley Jr., who pinch hits for Adrian Hauser. JBJ strikes out. Then Colton Wong. He hits a sacrifice fly. It scores Lorenzo Kane, the third run of the inning, the sixth run of the game, and the Brewers hold a 6-0 lead. Eric Lauer would come in to pitch in the bottom of the sixth inning for the crew. He would get former Brewer Ben Gamble to pop out, but then issues a walk to Cabrian Hayes. Brian Reynolds gets a double. Runners on at second and third in front of Gregory Polanco, who walks to load the bases. So a base is loaded, one-out situation. This is when Lauer really goes to work. It starts with uh, John Nagowski at the plate. Knee's still buzzing a little bit from that foul ball. Here comes the 1-2. Struck him out looking. 
changeup that the Brewers got a very fortunate call from James Hoy behind home plate. That was off the plate by about six inches. Nagowski is rung up. Yeah, that it, you take it, but man, that wasn't a strike. That wasn't anywhere close to a strike, but uh, you take it. John Nagowski strikes out. That's the second out of the inning, and it brings up Jacob Stallings. Swing and a pop-up. This is the shallow right. Out is Colton Wong. Wong calls for it, makes the catch, and the inning is over. Lauer tiptoes his way through a bases-loaded one-out situation, and we will head to the seventh inning. In the seventh, the Brewers would get back on the board with one out. Avisael Garcia, a base hit. Rowdy Telez walks. Runners on at first and second for Tyrone Taylor. 1-2 pitch. Here's a line drive into right field for a base hit. Garcia around third. He's being waved home. Here's the throw to the plate. It's cut off. And Tyrone Taylor makes it a 7-0 lead with an RBI single into right field. That's more than the Brewers would need to win the game. That would be it for their run scoring. The Pirates do tack on a few more runs in the final few innings. In the seventh inning against Eric Lauer, Rodolfo Castro leading off the inning. Pretty outspoken in his press conferences, too. 3-2 pitch. This is driven out to left center field and deep. Going back, and that ball is way gone off the bat of Castro. Rodolfo Castro with his fourth home run of the season. And the Pirates get on the board for the first time in this series. Yeah, remember that name. So uh, Josh Hader comes on to pitch the ninth inning after Eric Lauer was uh, pretty good, just giving up that home run, nothing more. Hader hadn't pitched in 11 days, so more than anything else, an opportunity to scrape that rust off. First battery faces John Nagowski. He gets a base hit after striking out Jacob Stallings. Castro at the plate once again. Runner at first, not being held on. Castro to left. Back, still back, Taylor. Castro's gone deep again. Second home run in as many at-bats. And for Rodolfo Castro, all he knows is hitting home runs. That's his fifth hit as a big leaguer. And they are all homers. Pretty good pace he's on right there. If the only thing he does is hit home runs. Those would be the final runs of the game. Brewers come up with the 7-3 victories. Josh Hader was able to uh, get uh, Kevin Newman and Wilmer Defoe uh, put out both those batters to finish things off. With the victory, the Brewers improve to 60-42, and 42, so they get to uh, 60 wins. They join the San Francisco Giants and Los Angeles Dodgers as the only teams in the National League with 60. The Pirates, they drop to 38-63. and 63. Winning totals for Milwaukee, seven runs, 12 hits, no errors. They leave seven for Pittsburgh. Three runs, six hits, no errors. They leave six. Winning pitcher Adrian Hauser, he's seven and five. The loss to Max Kranick, he drops to one and two. Home runs, just two of them. You just heard them. Castro hitting his fourth and fifth homers of the year. The game lasting three hours and one minute, played in front of a crowd of 10,204 folks at PNC Park. Brewers get the 7-3 win in Pittsburgh. They look for a series sweep tomorrow. We'll preview that game. We'll get you some scores from around baseball, and we'll get out of here for the night. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 
A 7-3 win for the Brewers over the Pirates and a trade being made. They acquire Eduardo Escobar today for a couple minor leaguers. And uh, you wish the best for the two players who are leaving the organization. One more quick note on this. Uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today reported that the Brewers are picking up all of the rest of the salary of Escobar for the rest of the season. It's not a ton of money. But still coming, it's a COVID year. That Last year, the revenue was down so much in Major League Baseball. There are a lot of teams out there that are still trying to find ways to reduce their cost. And the Diamondbacks are... They're the, they're maybe the, they're among the worst of the worst when it comes to that. They have not treated their employees well. They have let a lot of people go. They are they are money first. Everything else, not even second. Way back. And the fact that the Brewers are willing to add payroll, not a ton of payroll, but they're adding payroll, uh, says a lot. And I think that's something that they certainly deserve a little bit of credit for. Here's what happened across the National League Central today. The Cardinals end up splitting their two-game series against Cleveland as they lose today by a 7-2 score. Tough day for Kwon Yun Kim, who had been pitching pretty well recently for St. Louis. He does not make it out of the third. They've gone to the bottom of the ninth inning at Wrigley, and the Reds all over the Cubs by an 8-0 score. Uh, Joey Votto has hit two home runs in that game. He now has 19. Tyler Malley got the start for Cincinnati. Six shutout innings, giving up just five hits. So the standings right now in the NL Central, Brewers have a seven and a half game lead on the Reds. That will go two seven once the Reds complete their victory over the Cubs. Cardinals are nine games back. Cubs are at ten back. They'll be at ten and a half at the end of the night. And the Pirates, they are sitting twenty one and a half games back. Can you believe that the Chicago Cubs are ten and a half games back of first place and of the Brewers? They have just they're they're now two games below five hundred. It has been a remarkable fall for them. Brewers will look for a series sweep of the Pirates coming up tomorrow. Freddie Peralta on the mound. He's 7-3, 2.29 ERA. Chad Cool will go for the Pirates, 3-5, 4.38 ERA, 6.05 first pitch, 5.30 for our broadcast. I'll be with you along with Jerry Augustine after the game for Brewers X Turnings. Also a reminder for you, we got some bad weather coming in. Keep it locked right here to WTMJ as we will have a team coverage throughout the course of the evening, uh, keeping you up update and doing our best to keep you safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow for more Brewers Baseball here on WTMJ.